Welcome back to the Gynecology Saloon, the podcast for medical students. I'm uh, Peter Fedorchak, recording at the University of Oslo. And uh, today I'm going to talk about the physiology of the menstrual cycle. You are going to hear the short version today, so you can understand the basic concepts. In the next episode, I am going to show you how this would help you treating infertility. When uh, talking about the menstrual cycle, we must consider periodic changes at four levels. At the lowest level, the endometrium, ovary would be the next, the pituitary and hypothalamus on the top. Some textbooks uh, would also add the vulva vagina and the cervical glands to this list. Menstrual cycle is normally 28 days long, which is exactly four weeks. We take four weeks for simplicity here, but remember that the cycle length is variable, both uh, among different women and also in the same woman. In the endometrium, there are three phases of the cycle. The menstrual phase, which lasts about three days, and the proliferative phase, about 11 days. Finally, the secretory phase, which is 14 days long. In the ovary, the first two weeks uh, called the follicular phase, and the last two weeks called luteal phase. The hypothalamus and the pituitary have no specific names for its phases. Collectively, we have then menstrual, proliferative and secretory phases in the uterus, and the follicular, luteal phases in the ovary. If you cannot remember this, I got an online generator to make you a mnemonic. Moving pictures smell fat lists. Good, isn't it? Nevertheless, the phases of the cycle you're supposed to know, and uh, you will see that at the exam. The endometrial, ovarian, pituitary and hypothalamic cycles are tightly interlinked by hormones. If we go top-down, the hypothalamus secretes a small peptide hormone called gonadotrophin-releasing hormone, or GnRH, which stimulates the pituitary. The pituitary is in turn secreting the two gonadotropin hormones, FSH, which stands for follicle-stimulating hormone, and LH, which stands for luteinizing hormone. And these gonadotrophins then stimulate the ovary. The ovary secretes estradiol and progesterone, which control the endometrial cycle. Estradiol and progesterone also give a negative feedback to the pituitary and the hypothalamus and suppress the release of FSH and LH. Very high levels of estradiol, however, turn on a positive feedback and induce a sudden release of LH from the pituitary, also called the LH surge. Now let's see in the timeline of the cycle in more detail. We are now during the last days of the previous menstrual cycle, when the corpus luteum is degenerating and therefore the secretion of estradiol and progesterone declines. Since the endometrium is very depending on estradiol and progesterone, which are its uh, kind of survival factors, decline of hormone levels induces a rapid cell death in the endometrium and results in menstrual bleeding. Another effect of declining estradiol is that the negative feedback to the pituitary declines, uh, so there is a transient increase in serum FSH. And uh, such a short rise in FSH a few days after menstruation is sufficient to turn on development of one follicle that has the highest sensitivity to FSH. While the dominant follicle is rapidly expanding from 10 to 20 millimeters in diameter during the follicular phase, 
it would secrete increasing amount of estradiol, which will keep FSH levels low by the negative feedback mechanism, thus uh, prevents growth of other follicles. In fact, the follicles with low sensitivity FSH will lose the race and will be lost to atresia. So you see, the endocrine control is wired so that only a single follicle would develop and ovulate during each cycle. Oestradiol, uh, that is derived by the developing follicle, will induce proliferation of the endometrial cells so that the uterine lining um, would uh, quickly recover and after menstruation and thicken. Around the 12th day of the menstrual cycle, so the 12th day of the follicular phase, Oestradiol levels are so high that these would cause a sudden change in the response to pituitary to uh, GnRH. And, uh, these very high oestradiols would sensitize the pituitary to GnRH, which would eventually lead to a sudden release of luteinizing hormone, the LH surge. The LH surge will induce a final maturation of the ovarian follicle, so that the somatic cells in the follicle would undergo a process called luteinization, which implies increased secretion of progesterone hormone. The luteinized cells in the follicle will also release lytic enzymes, which uh, allow this solution of the follicle's wall, infiltration of the follicle by neighboring capillaries, and eventually rupture of the follicle and release of the egg. LH surge and luteinization would also induce a final maturation of the oocyte, so it would accomplish the first meiotic division and becomes fertilizable. Ovulation, so that the release of the egg, will commence some 46 hours after the onset of the LH surge. Now the egg is released, and we will take a short stop here, and while you are enjoying the break, think about the following question. If you take oestradiol tablets during the follicular phase, uh, which effects will it have on the ovary and on the endometrium? Welcome back to the Gynecologist Saloon, an episode about the physiology of the menstrual cycle. We came all the way to ovulation, and the egg is now released in the pelvic cavity, captured by the fimbriae of the fallopian tube, and eventually fertilized in the tube. Before the week, I ask you a question about uh, which effects you uh, anticipate uh, estradiol tablets given during the follicular phase have on the ovary and on the endometrium. The correct answer is that the exogenous estradiol will press down FSH release so that the ovarian follicles would not grow we will find multiple small follicles in the ovary. At the same time, uh, oestradiol will induce proliferation of the endometrium uh, and would increase endometrial sickness. So when you give uh, oestradiol treatment during the follicular phase, the dominant follicle would not develop because you don't have the FSH uh, increase. But we can initiate still a proliferation of the endometrium. So if you continue on oestradiol uh, and you also supplement progesterone to the patient, you can initiate a secretory transformation of the endometrium, uh, which will uh, boost endometrial receptivity for embryo implantation. And, uh, this technique can be exploited to optimize the time of implantation uh, during transfer of cryopreserved embryos. 
but we need go to back to ovulation. After the egg is released, the luteinized follicle would become the corpus luteum, which is indeed a very special organ. It has the highest blood flow in the human body, which is uh, very practical as it produces astronomic amounts of progesterone. The progesterone released by the corpus luteum will transform the endometrium. The cells lining the uterus will stop divining, and the uterine glands start secreting mucus. Hence, uh, this stage of the endometrial cycle is called the secretory phase. Uh, remember that it is, it is occurring the same time as the luteal phase in the ovary. High levels of progesterone and estradiol will keep gonadotropins low during this luteal phase. In the middle of the luteal or secretory phase, which is around 20, day 21 or the third week of the cycle, the endometrium will be optimally recipient for embryo implantation. In fact, there is a very small 48 hours period, which we call the window of implantation, when uh, the embryo at this stage, a hatched blastocyst, will be able to attach to and invade the endometrium. Should the embryo implant, the outer lining of the blastocyst, the trophoblast cells, will release increasing amounts of ACG, uh, also known human chorionic gonadotrophin. Uh, ACG is a, a hormone, it is very convenient, an early marker of pregnancy, and it is used for, in all kinds of pregnancy tests. ACG is also a homologue of luteinizing hormone, LH, and it stimulates survival of the corpus luteum so that the pregnancy can continue on. Uh, in case implantation does not occur, however, the corpus luteum loses its hormonal support, and after uh, precisely 14 days, its cells become dying. And uh, then the ensuing uh, drop of estradiol and progesterone levels will lead to loss of hormonal support to the endometrium, which will lead to menstruation and the start of a new ovarian and endometrial cycle. So we are back to start. In this episode, you heard about the menstrual cycle and that it has three phases in the endometrium. The menstrual, proliferatory, and the secretory. And you also heard about the two phases in the ovary, the follicular and the secretory. The cycle is controlled by hormones released by the hypothalamus, the GnRH, gonadotropin releasing hormone, by the hormone release, hormones released by the pituitary, uh, FSH and LH, and by the ovarian hormones, estradiol and progesterone. A key feature of this hormonal system is the feedback by ovarian steroids on the pituitary and hypophysis. Uh, early in the cycle, there's a negative feedback, but in mid-cycle, there's a positive feedback, uh, which uh, initiates ovulation. If you know just as much about the menstrual cycle, you will understand how the hormonal treatments of infertility work. Thank you for listening to the Gynecologist Saloon, and make sure to follow us on Twitter at GIN underscore Saloon, where we are waiting for your feedback, comments, and suggestions. And stay tuned for next week, uh, where we will discuss how we can manipulate the menstrual cycle to treat infertility.